Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick and this show is all about my journey of scratch made food and positive energy. If this is your first time here, welcome. I hope that you love this little journey and I hope that you decide to stick around and become one of our regular returning listeners. And those of you who are returning, welcome back. It's so, so wonderful to have you back once again. Guys, I'm afraid of cake. <laughs> or at least I should say I was really, really afraid of cake. So just to kind of give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of backstory on it really quickly. My grandmother was renowned for her cakes. Does anybody else have this grandmother or this person in their life that if you need a cake made for an occasion, that's the number you dial. That was me as a kid growing up. Whenever there was a family event, somebody in the family got married, there was a graduation, there was a birthday party, whatever it was, bam, get grandma on the phone. Because her cake, she made the best cake. Like bar none. And I know everybody's grandma makes the best cake, but it's uh, categorically incorrect because my grandmother made the best cake. <laughs> so... For me, this whole journey of scratch-made food and everything like that, one thing that I've never made, never ever made from scratch, is cake. Now, to be 100% fair, not much of a cake person. I'm not like that person who's like, oh my goodness, I need to eat this cake. I need to try this cake. I got to do the... I'm not about that life. I really am much more of a pie person. I love like that, like packed full of filling kind of thing cakes like inverse pie does that make sense like you get the frosting like the buttercream or whatever else in there and that's like the good like ooh, this is the really good flavorful part and the rest of it's just kind of like this vehicle around it to deliver it to you or maybe it's just like i don't know i'm trying to compare the two and i shouldn't even really bother about it because this is all about cake we're talking about cake and so my dad recently turned 75 years old and my stepsisters, my stepmom wanted to plan like this, like little surprise dinner thing for him. Now he loves some, some Texas roadhouse. And the whole plan was to like do this whole surprise thing where we would go to Texas roadhouse and surprise him for a birthday dinner. And we did. And you know, I had to eat Texas roadhouse, which is fine for a chain. Uh, it's nothing, nothing that's ever going to like blow your hair back in terms of, like whatever, like I do my own prime ribs. I haven't in quite a while. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to do this last New Year's or the last one, but I really, really love doing a homemade prime rib and there's just no comparison compared to what Texas Roadhouse does. You know, that's neither here nor there because I'm not really here to talk about their food in that sense. I'm just here to talk about cake. And I think the initial plan was like they were going to like order a cake or something like that. And I'm like, no, why don't I make a cake? I've been afraid to try it my whole life. I've been like, ah, do I really want to like, you know, I've always been like, number one, I'm going to compare it to my grandmother's cake and it's not going to be as good because it was grandma's cake. Grandma's cake is the best, but that notwithstanding cake is tough, man. Like cake takes a lot of work. Like cake, you, you need to be constant. Like I talk a lot in this show about Nick Haskins kitchen brain. Okay. And what that means, if you're a new listener to the show is that I don't really think about things ahead of time. <laughs> I just sort of do things when I'm in the kitchen, sometimes wonderful results. Sometimes it's the most beautiful, amazing, wonderful, glorious thing you could ever possibly imagine. 
other times, most of the time, let's be fair, it's an unmitigated disaster because I know I shouldn't do something or it doesn't make logical sense to me that I should do something, but yet I will plow ahead with it anyway because I don't know question mark. I talked in the last episode about maybe I need to set myself up to make myself fail so I can then push myself to succeed. I don't know. That seems weird and somehow self-defeating, but also on brand somehow. So it could potentially be that. I don't know. <laughs> Never. Nevertheless, I, I, can't do that with cake cake. You've got to be very cognizant of what you're doing at all stages, because if you just chuck it together willy nilly and you don't care and whatever, then you're going to get an end product that is not beautiful and light and fluffy, luscious, sweet, flavorful. You're going to get something that is like gummy, really chewy like halfway to bread, which bread's great, but you don't want cake. You don't want bread when you're trying to get cake. Cake, you want to be fluffy, beautiful, fall in your mouth, light, but still like firm enough to actually hold up to buttercream and all those kinds of different things. Rebecca and Avery got me Ann Reardon's cookbook for Christmas. And it's one thing I've wanted it for so long because not only does Ann have just some of the most amazing looking recipes you can possibly imagine, but... When she talks about different things in her book, she talks about the science of this is what happens when you do this. This is what happens when you make a cake with no eggs. This is what happens if you make it with all egg yolks, all egg whites. This is what happens if you reduce the sugar, add more sugar, uh, add water, reduce the water, all these different things. And includes like this is how it changes the cake texturally. This is how it changes things. And I've done a lot of reading and I've done a lot of studying. And honestly, I watch a lot of her stuff to where I just know these different things about making cake. So I said to myself, I'm like, you know what? It's time to put on my big boy pants and it's time to see if I can make grandma proud. I mean, let's face it. That's really like, honestly, I want to make a cake that I feel like could sit on a smaller table, sort of near one of her, her cakes. And that, and that would be, that would be, that would be great for me. So I took it upon myself. I bought myself one nine inch pie pan. And Rebecca had some springform pans. So I ended up baking three layers in three different pans, one in a 10 inch springform, one in a nine inch springform, and one in this heavy duty nine inch pie pan that I bought. So they all took different amounts of time to bake. <laughs> and then of course the 10 inch one, I had to cut that one down to size because it was too big. But I, I, I went into the kitchen when I decided to make this cake and I shut out the Nick Haskins kitchen brain. And I said, Nick, you got to pay attention to every single step you're doing here. And you got to make sure you do it correct before you move on to the next step, because you're, you're taking this to the restaurant. You're serving this to everybody. Like you got them this day. This cake's got to be the cake. Okay. It's got to be the cake of cakes. So I found a beautiful recipe for a white cake. So that was the instruction, white cake with chocolate frosting. I found a wonderful recipe from Sugar Spun Run. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. I did change it a little bit because, again, I've been reading a lot of uh, a lot of different cake science, a lot of different things about cake. And one thing I did, her recipe calls for four cups and two tablespoons of flour. I actually replaced that two tablespoons with cornstarch because I read previously about making your own cake flour that, you know, you basically add a little bit of cornstarch into your flour and 
It'll turn it into, well, you know, an approximation of cake flour. And it's just going to add to the overall like airiness, the texture of your overall cake. She just throws regular granulated sugar in here. I, because I, again, I read Anna Reardon's cookbook and I watch a lot of her stuff. I know she does caster sugar in her cakes. So I got out the mortar and pestle. I got to buy a new pestle. You guys ever have these problems where you need to buy something and then you never do? I still haven't ordered a new pestle. This is Pestle Watch 2023. Stay tuned. But I got out the mortar and pestle. I have a baby one for a bit. Never mind. Ground down the sugar into caster sugar. Caster sugar is just basically finer than granulated sugar. Like if you buy sugar in a bag, that grain, you know, you basically take a mortar and pestle to it. So it's not quite powdered sugar. You don't want it like powder powder, but it is you know, much finer than your normal granulated sugar. So I made some caster sugar when I decided to make this. And the recipe that Sam has on Sugar Spun Run, you know, says to use a mixer because you have milk, you have whipped egg whites, you have, you know, basically you make a meringue, you whip egg whites into stiff peaks, and then you have your flour mixture with baking powder and all that kind of stuff in there. And you have your sugar butter oil. And her recipe says to use the mixer to do the flour and milk portion of it as well. I did not do that. I folded everything past the first stage. Now, when you're introducing air, and this is one thing I know about cakes, okay? And one thing I know about cakes is you do not overmix once you get the flour in there. I've made enough things like brownies and different things that are similar in that regard where once you get flour in there, you don't want to overmix it. You don't want to like beat the crap out of it because then you're going to develop gluten. The more gluten you develop, the chewier it's going to get. Great for bread. You want pizza dough all day. Mix it until the cows come home. Not really. But, you know, in 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 cake, you you, you don't I don't want cake that has chew to it. You know, even, even me saying it out loud sounds weird, right? You don't want that. You don't want cake with chew. Okay. So I didn't use the mixer. Like I, the, the butter, the sugar, the oil, I whipped the crap out of that. I got that like to where that you could noticeably tell how much it increased in volume because it got so light and fluffy and creamy. I want so much air incorporated in that step. That's fine. Once it comes to adding flour, I only fold it. So the milk and flour steps in her recipe, I'll have like the version that I did broken down too, but I folded in the milk and flour portions. Okay. And then you also, of course, fold in those stiff peaks, egg whites until everything is perfectly beautifully folded together. So I finished this up and then one tip that I've also picked up from how to cook that is, you know, you spray the inside of your cake tin, of course, but then you also take parchment paper, a, a, a piece that's big enough to go over the entire pan that you have. Okay. And then you fold it in half and then you fold it in half again. So you just have like a, like a, like a little square and then you fold it diagonal and then you fold a diagonal again and you fold a diagonal again and then you basically put it on the back of your cake pan and you snip it just shorter just shorter than the actual edge of the tin and then when you roll it back out you've got this nice beautiful circle of parchment paper to pop right on the bottom of your cake pan and i actually did like a little real video of it all it'll be on instagram way before this episode lands because i'm bulk recording a bunch of this stuff <laughs> but 
I like so satisfying to when you tip that cake out onto the cooling rack, you get the pan off of it, and then you just take that parchment paper and you just bloop, peel it right off. Uh, perfect. I have not yet, and great. Okay, granted, I'm, I'm not like a super cake baker. I've got two cakes I've made. Okay, but neither one of them has stuck literally at all. So uh, I really, really, it, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> So the cakes are done. And like I said, I've got one in a 10 inch spring form, one in a nine inch spring form, one in a nine inch baking pan. So even the two that were in separate nine inch pans, because the one was a spring form, different type of metal, different like density to it. That one got way more brown than the one in the normal cake pan that I was using. Cause that one's like heavier duty. So I think like the heat transfer is much better on it than the spring form pan, which is a lot thinner. So, you know, even that, like, it just, like, I was so, I was freaking out about it. Like, I was so, so worried that it was not going to turn out. I whipped up a delectable dark chocolate buttercream. It's Ann Reardon's recipe. That'll be linked in the show notes as well. And I really didn't do much different to it, except, like I said, I used a dark chocolate cocoa powder because this is a white cake, okay? And it's got whipped egg whites in it, so it's kind of, it's in that same family of angel food cake. Now, it's not nearly... Angel food cake almost has that kind of melt in your mouth kind of quality to it. This isn't that, you know, this is definitely more in like the classic kind of cake. Like it definitely has that more cakey kind of texture to it and everything, but you can still kind of taste like it's adjacent to angel food cake is what I'm getting at. And I really, really thought now I love dark chocolate anyway, for starters, but I also really, really thought that dark chocolate, was going to contrast really, really well against that white cake. Against that, now I also learned this: white cake is just vanilla cake. Yellow cake is also just vanilla cake, but the difference is egg yolks. Yellow cake has egg yolk in it. White cake is made with egg white. Go figure. I didn't know that. Maybe everybody else knew that, but I didn't know that. But I thought that would make a really nice contrast, so I made that buttercream. It did. I should have made it thinner, and this cake screamed for a fresh element because. We had some strawberries that I'd cut up to make waffles and I decided to have a little bit of like the scraps with some of the buttercream and the fresh strawberries and the fresh strawberries was the perfect addition. It's exactly what this needed and it's going to kind of fuel into the second cake I'm going to talk about in just a moment here, but aside from being extremely rich, the chocolate was extremely rich in the buttercream, but I nailed nailed it <laughs> now i do not have like a lot of fancy cake decorating tools or anything like that i have a pastry cutter i had to wrap parchment paper around my cutting board and then i used the vinyl tape that we used to make the dance floor that's downstairs to attach it to it so yeah that was the thing I don't have a lot of cake decorating tools, so I kind of had to make do with what I had to make do with. Also learned that my hands shake too much when I try to do delicate icing work. 
Now, the picture of the chocolate cake is before I decided to put like happy birthday, dad, and all these other different things on there. Uh, delicate icing work. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to need to kind of keep practicing with that. Cause my hands were like shaking like crazy, even doing some of the bigger like ribbon stuff around the border of the cake. Even that was tough, but you know, like I said, I, I I've, I'm kind of, I'm kind of obsessed with it now. I just want to make more cake. The problem with just wanting to make more cake is then what am I going to do with it? Cause I just can't eat cake all the time. Right. Again, we talked about in a couple episodes ago about needing to do things like in moderation, making two cakes within like a week of each other uh, is not moderation in any sense of the word, but I really, I, it's like, I had to do it again. I had, it's like, it's like, you know, you've got to test the theory, right? You know, you, you, you tried it once and you're like, these are some really, really great results, but I got to test it again because I got to make sure the results are consistent, you know? So I decided we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. By the way, we left the rest of the cake at the Texas Roadhouse. We just asked the waitstaff if they wanted it, and they gladly took it. So anybody that might be listening from the Texas Roadhouse Vestal, I hope you love the cake. <laughs> so fast forward a few days, and I was it's not like I wanted to make another cake immediately, or it's not like I would have gone out of my way to make a cake immediately, but I haven't made homemade aioli in a while. I really, really wanted to whip up some aioli because we were going to have some burgers, and I decided to make a sriracha honey aioli. Definitely still needs work. It's not my best work. Turned out good enough, but I really, really think it needs more work. More on that probably in a future episode. But when you make aioli, you use a bunch of egg yolks. So now I had six egg whites hanging out. What the heck am I going to do with six egg whites? Now, a normal sane person who, you know, has not gained 80 pounds in the past two and a half years, who's trying to, you know, lose over 100 pounds would say, I'll make like an egg white omelet or something. And I've been eating so another thing again, more stuff I got to talk to you guys about in the future. Like I've been making this tomato avocado salsa thing and making breakfast burritos with just egg and this salsa dream, absolute dream. One slice of this beautiful, like jalapeno chili cheddar cheese that Wegmans has in a burrito. Oh, so good. So good. More stuff to talk to you guys about in the future. There's a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good food coming up on this show. I really, really promise you that. But I don't think like that. My brain, I could not get this cake out of my brain. Okay. Especially because here's the thing. I was happy to leave the cake because I did not want to, but this cake was so decadent, so rich. I did not want to eat any more of it. I was fine with making it, loved the process of making it, don't want to have to eat a whole cake. So I was fine, but I like, I really wish I had at least had one more piece of it so I could at least kind of do a little bit more taste, whatever. So it, when I get the egg whites, I'm immediately like, yeah, I'm going to make another cake with this. I know it. I just know it. So I decided this time, instead of doing the chocolate frosting, I wanted to do raspberry. Raspberry is my favorite fruit. Absolutely love it. And I thought to myself, what if I get a whole bag of frozen raspberries and I just sprinkle a little bit of powdered sugar on them, let them sit in the fridge overnight. So the sugar's going to pull out some of the liquid. They're going to thaw and all the rest of the liquid's going to come out of it. And then today I strained it out, took all that excess juice out of there and then I saved the fruit pulp. And the one thing, the one thing I really wish that chocolate cake had is some kind of freshness to cut against the richness and the decadence of it. So I thought to myself, what if I take this raspberry and I layer it in between 
two cakes. I only did two this time. I cut the recipe down because I didn't want to make a bigger cake. I'm like, I'm just going to use the ingredients I have and not go for broke on this thing. So I decided to take just the raspberry fruit pulp that was left over after I thawed it out and spread that as a layer in between the two cakes. Now, I did go buy another cake pan, the same one that I had bought for the previous cake. So now I had two of those big, heavy duty, like the nice thick ones. Both of them turned out legitimately perfect. The cakes came out absolute, absolutely insanely perfect. Okay. And then I decided to make a raspberry buttercream. Anne has one. Anne Reardon has one. And, you know, hers was in a similar vein. Uh, but what I basically just ended up doing was taking the juice from the raspberries, all that juice that I had sweated out, and reducing it down. I added this into, it was like it ended up being like this like raspberry syrup at the end. I added this into the buttercream, but it still didn't have enough raspberry flavor to me. But I also bought raspberry essence uh, at the, uh, like ra raspberry, raspberry flavoring. And I added that into it as well to really punch up that fruit flavor in the buttercream as well. Important note, uh, make sure that you, if you have to make your own powdered sugar, make sure you get it to the texture you want before you add it to something. I ran out of powdered sugar. And I still needed more to make the buttercream. And I was like, Rrr. and I wasn't going to the store. So I busted out the food processor, chucked some white sugar in there being like, okay, we're just going to let this run and I'll make some, I'll make some powdered sugar. I didn't let it run long enough. So it was still a little granular and on the cake, it's a little granular. The flavor of it's still fine, but eh, texture is not the best. Like I wanted that beautiful, smooth buttercream. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. I was exactly right. That freshness in the middle layer there, that fresh raspberry in the middle layer there was the perfect contrast because raspberry's got that tartness to it. Perfect contrast against the, you know, the sweetness in the cake and then the sweetness in the buttercream. The buttercream, I also, I, I thinned out a little bit more and I whipped it a little bit more. So I had a lot more air in it. So it spread further, you know, because I think that's one of the things I didn't do as well with the chocolate one. I didn't whip it out enough so that it was really like just mm, dreamy perfect. You know, uh, I kind of, it was, I, I could have definitely gotten it to be fluffier and lighter. So it wouldn't have been kind of as boom punishing or anything. That's neither here nor there. It was still perfect. Still really, really good. But the second attempt was much, much, much better, I think. And I'm really, really proud of how that second one turned out aside from that granular nature of it, because I took the existing knowledge and then I decided to take it the next step. I was like, what if I do this? You know, and now my mind's already spinning about like the next time I make a cake, like what if, what if we just add a little bit of lemon to that cake? What if we get a little bit of lemon zest in that cake batter, make a lemon cake with that raspberry. Next time I won't sweeten the raspberries in the middle though, because I really want that tart punch. Maybe just a little tiny bit. I think I did too much powdered sugar too, so the raspberries were a little too sweet in the middle. It's still enough of a fresh contrast because everything else around it is like richly, decadently sweet, if you know what I mean. But that's neither here nor there. I've been bitten by the cake bug, ladies and gentlemen. I've been bitten by the cake bug, and I love it, and it's good, and it's delicious, and I want to keep doing it. But I don't want to eat it. So if anybody wants to accept cake donations from me, I'm more than happy to gift them to you <laughs> whenever I make them. Uh, what I, what I, what I am thinking I may do if I want to continue kind of exploring the science of making and baking cakes like this is I may take like 
Sam's recipe from Sugar Spun Run, and I may strip it down into like a this makes like six cupcakes kind of version, you know, or like I can make one pan. Like I don't have to even make, this was only, this was only two thirds of her recipe. I can cut that down to a third, you know, and just make one pan. This would very, 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 very words are hard. I could very easily cut this down into a third of the recipe as well. It's kind of built that way. It's like, it's, ba it basically looks like it's like a single pan recipe and then kind of tripled out for the specific recipe that she did. It's a fun Fetty cake recipe. You know, because I linked to her white cake recipe and then she was like, here's the Funfetti cake recipe if you want to make three tiers. I was like, okay. At any rate, that's my cake journey, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I've, I've been bitten by the cake bug and I really, really love it and I'm really excited to see where it goes next. Uh, but I hope that you've had a wonderful time listening to this and I hope that you're doing absolutely amazing. That is all the time that we have for today. And... I don't know what's coming up next time because this is the last episode in my bulk recordings I'm doing. So uh, we'll find out where my food journey is a couple weeks from now, whenever this one, <laughs> this one finally comes out. I've still got this delicious, amazing, wonderful apple crisp recipe with homemade caramel, homemade caramel, the likes of which I have never, ever made before. All the homemade caramel recipes I have ever used before, not even close to this one. Uh, really, really wonderful. Really, really glad that I, I found this new recipe. So I still want to talk to you about apple crisp. I still want to talk to you about that tomato cream, mascarpone cream, chicken pasta thing, whatever. I get, we got to give that another iteration though. I, that, that one's got to get back to the drawing board and I really got to think of a different way to, to make that dish. But I hope that you're here for it. I hope that you're here for the journey uh, every step of the way. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. Make sure if you love what you're hearing, help other people find it too. Leave comments, like, engage with it on social media. It's the only thing that's ever going to help me grow is your engagement. And I'm so grateful, so thankful for everything that you do for the show. I want to thank you so, so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Yeah.